Welcome to the All Bases Covered podcast. I want to thank uh, user uh, Timmy Plus for submitting uh, that little unlicensed bit of music uh, for potential for our theme. I think we'll have – we'll give it another try. I, I don't think that's the one. Uh, I don't want to be a dick to Timmy Plus, but I, I, don't, I don't think that's it. Uh, but I mean, listen, you know, it, I, it's kind of melodic. Um, I want to uh, disagree a little bit and say that it wasn't so bad. Good job, Timmy. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what's in store when we outsource our theme for next week. But, uh, hey, man, welcome to the All Bases Covered podcast. Uh, Sam, I got some big news, man, early. early. We've, we've, been, we've been bamboozled. We have it seems been... like it, man. It seems like it. I know exactly what you're going to go ahead and say, so I'm going to let you go ahead and say it. I don't think you, I don't think you do know what I'm going to go ahead and say. So I want to hear what your guess is first, and then and then we'll see if it's correct. Does it have to do with Deshaun Watson? No, has nothing. To oh, do. oh, okay. Uh, we'll touch on that later. Uh, you know, you know. Whereas he didn't touch on any of those women, we will touch on that subject later. But our fantasy dynasty league is a sham. What do you mean? Huss the Prophet, who works for, uh, who represents a podcast called, uh, I think it's Sportswire or something, I have it written down somewhere else, was been arrested on fraud charges. No. He started this dynasty league, okay? He started this dynasty league. He pulled a bunch of us other podcasters into it. Another member of the league posted in the chat, earlier today that he's in that that Huss is in a lot of uh, Hussein is in a lot of legal trouble and he basically he started these dynasty leagues under the guise that it was for charity and, and the prizes it wasn't money prizes but whoever won would get like autographed memorabilia items it was like a Peyton Manning signed helmet a Patrick Mahomes signed football shit like that okay and everybody paid in a hundred bucks, okay? A hundred bucks to join the league. This motherfucker started a hundred and fifty dynasty leagues over the last no. years, pocketed the fucking money, and nobody, there was no receipts where the money was ever donated to charity, and nobody ever got their goddamn fucking prizes. This, so now what happened? This dude pocketed two hundred thousand dollars. So now what happened? So our Dynasty League, uh, basically one of the other podcasters, okay, one of the other podcasters went to the Sleeper app people, told them what happened, and they Sleeper app granted the rights of the league over to us, okay, uh, and not not us as in you and I, but like to the people in the league, and we booted us out, and now we have two new commissioners, okay, but basically. This year, because everybody paid money already, this year is going to be kind of like a wash year. And then next year, we'll buy in again, and the money will go into different hands. So so we we basically uh, got taken. There's more to this story, though. So we had one team abandoned right after the draft. Now we've booted Huss out. So what we are doing now is we have the rookie draft coming up on June the 3rd. Uh, I have to mark it in my calendar. We have four first-round picks. Now, mind you, the players that were drafted, uh, Sam, on the two teams that are now orphaned, we're going to become, instead of a 12-team league, we're going to become a 10-team league. Those players go in the pool for the rookie draft. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Instead of grabbing two other idiots to join the league now, you've just taken that talent pool and spread it across the other ten. Yes. And now that means guys like Josh Allen, Tyler Murray, Justin Herbert, as well as um as well as other na- big names are we got, four, we got four first round picks, right? We have four first round picks. Yeah, let's go, bro. Let's go. And we have the second pick. Now, I'm assuming Josh Allen's going number one, if I had to guess. If I had to make a guess, Josh Allen will go number one. But 
Justin Herbert will be there at number two. And so will Deshaun Watson, whose legal troubles just cleared up, as we talked about, as we mentioned before. We're going to have the pick of the litter, plus we can grab two high-end rookies in the back end of the first round. Olave, Olave, Olave. Probably Olave, Brees Hall, maybe one of the young quarterbacks. But we might not need the young quarterback. If we leave with Tyler Murray. Exactly. You don't need it. You don't need anybody else. If we leave, because we have the second. So uh, we now have uh, the four first-round picks. We now have have the second pick, the fifth pick, the sixth pick, and the 11th pick. Okay? At number two. If Josh Allen's not gone, he's going to be gone for us. We're going to he will be gone. Yeah. yeah. He will be gone. Then I'm almost thinking at number five, maybe if uh, if he's still there, we, stat, we snag another – we snag a Tyler Murray or Deshaun Watson. We now have – we would have Joe Burrow, right. Josh Allen, and Deshaun Watson as our quarterbacks for the foreseeable future, plus throwing Baker Mayfield in that. And we now have – or we could look at the rest of the talent on on there for the first round and uh, and possibly snag whatever running backs or receivers they got. Okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's just it's crazy, man. It's uh it's gonna be crazy. Uh, I'm looking here, I'm looking at it, and it looks like um uh, on the uh, on the team here that of the players that are gonna go back into the player pool, man. A.J. Brown is one of them. A.J. Brown, Chris Godwin, um, J.K. Uh, Dobbins, Ronald Jones, uh, I, I said Kyra Murray, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson. Lots uh, of talent, man. Lots of talent. C.D. Lamb, bro. Uh, yeah, so we are – Especially with Dallas not, not taking uh, – they're probably not going to sign Cooper. There's no way they're going to keep him, right? So um, that makes Lamb de facto WR1 on that squad. Yeah. And, dude, uh, and even uh, Zach Wilson is, is one of those players that's going back in the pool. Now, he's not really – I'd love to hold on to him for a couple of years just to see how he pans out. I, I mean, I wouldn't spend a first-round pick on him, but if he's there in the – maybe in the – Oh, yeah, no way, no way. Third, fourth. Yeah. There's only so there's only seven rounds in the rookie draft, so it'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting to see what what comes of it in June. So we got bamboozled, but the contingency plan is you run with the ten team league. So this team is now actually like the show, the league. Uh, this this league that we're part of with the podcasters, right? It's yeah. basically like the show, the league. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much now. Except instead of eight teams, we at least have ten teams, so it's a little respectable. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. All right, so uh, we, I, I scoured through here, man, and I guess as part of being a uh, show, you got to take some of the heat when it comes to Twitter. Uh, so we went through some mean tweets uh, that I'm going to read off. Now, these obviously aren't as funny as the ones that people hit celebrities with because celebrities, you know, are probably reading thousands of these a day. But we got right. a little handful here of uh, mean tweets here. So um, one of them was, um, Mike is always yelling. Why is he so fucking loud all the time? Uh, my wife has been known to tell me uh, that a couple times. I apologize. Uh, I, I am <laughs> controlling the volume of my voice at times. Um, uh, your guys' jokes are old and tired and, and outdated. Hmm. Okay, cool. Awesome. Super necessary. Why do you guys always play the same lame intro music all the time? Well, you know what, fucker? Because we didn't have anybody writing intro music for us. So, you know, now that's... And you know what? We're part of a generation that, you know, pays a little bit of tribute to our intro music, right? Yeah. So, uh, Mike sounds like he's never played sports before. Wow. Oh. What a bad one. Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a highly, um, yeah, I don't know. Sam sounds like he smokes six blunts during the show. Well, I don't know if that's a mean tweet or if that's just accurate. That's, like, <laughs> that's, 
pretty accurate. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, well, hopefully uh, we'll get some more of these rolling in uh, as time goes on, and we hopefully we gain some more popularity. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that was our mean tweets. All right, so let's get into some actual sports here. Um, how would you grade the uh, uh, Russell Wilson uh, trade, Sam? So it's 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 terrible timing because um, Deshaun Watson now is available as a quarterback, right? Yeah. So it, it's terrible timing because now you've given Seattle with some ammo to trade the Texans for. Um, but look, what did, what did, uh, Denver really give up besides future prospects, you know, um, of their existing core of players, they gave up a a linebacker, right? You know, um, a linebacker who they're going to replace Bobby Wagner's $16.6 million cap hit this year with, they released Wagner they're going to replace him with uh, the guy they picked up off of Denver. They get a lot of ammo for future prospects, given, right? But Russell Wilson's still 33 years old. In this yeah. day and age where you have a quarterback that can play to 37, 38, you're giving Russell Wilson a lifetime to win Denver championship, you know? What are a couple of first-round picks? It doesn't matter. Like, even if he plays till he's 37, 38, which is Rodgers' age right now, right? If he plays to that age, Denver would have recouped their first-round picks by then, you know? So I think Denver made out like a bandit. Um, I think that Seattle lost their they, they lost their bread and butter. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who the hell? Drew Locke is going to be throwing the ball to me now? God damn it. Or Geno Smith. Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's why Seattle, I see a loss in Seattle in a little bit. They they have the ability to recoup it. Hopefully they hit out in the draft that they got these first-round picks for, for the years that they got them for. Yeah, you like know? next year stronger quarterback class than this year. Um, so, you know, that could be um... – Either they go in on Watson – or they tank with Locke and they get a really good draft pick next year, you know? Yeah, I mean, looking at the 2023 class, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young uh, will all be coming out, and then there's a few more guys uh, that have been getting um, some. Uh, Tyler Shaw, Spencer Rattler, uh, Keaton Slovis, Tanner Morgan. So there's there's quite a few good quarterbacks for the 2023 draft. Uh, so it'll be interesting if Seattle goes that way. But I, I'm a little shocked that Pete Carroll hasn't stepped down. Um, yeah, he's going to be 70 years old at the part time, no? He's, Seattle's clearly rebuilding. They're not going to be contenders for at least three to four years. I mean, so, so what, after after they they had the Super Bowl loss, right? Um, yeah. They were. I would say they were contenders for another two three years. They were. Right? They were contenders until they had to pay Russell Wilson money. Correct. So as soon as Russell Wilson's massive $30 million against the hit cap, you know, uh, against the cap hit, when, when that came through, they're like, hey, Richard Sherman hit the bricks. Uh, you know, um, Earl Thomas, you're on your way out. Uh, whoever, uh, you know, they lost a bunch of people. They lost, you know, a ton of people during that time. They lost, uh, who, what was his name, man? Um, Earl Thomas. No, no, not Earl Thomas. I'm talking uh, Michael Bennett. Not Michael Bennett. Well, Martellus, no, Martellus was the tight end. Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett was a D lineman, right? For yeah, they lost him, you know, and he ended up winning a ring. Then they lost Alex Mack at center. They traded yep. They him. lost Alex Mack at center. They lost the the other good. They uh, traded for Jimmy Graham, dude. Yeah, they had that tackle that they that was really good too. That ended up leaving, and yeah, it. I don't know, man. <laughs> Yeah, they're like their, re- their rebuild really didn't take off because no, their coach is too old school, man. And they never got a running back to replace Marshawn Lynch. Chris never, Carson, not a single person. Too injured. Chris Carson is way too injured to be a, a starting running back. Yeah. yeah. Rashad Penny sat on the bench for three years. I know. Yeah, he was the end of the first round pick, wasn't he? Or early second round pick, and he sat. Yeah, he was the first round pick. Rashad Penny was the yeah. first round pick. Yeah. 
Nothing. All right. Um, yeah, I would I would give Seattle though. I give Seattle a, a C minus. I would give Denver an A. But if you're a Denver fan, how concerned are you that you can't draft and develop a quarterback? Pretty 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 scared, dude. Because I'll tell you what. How much longer can you run this cycle of picking up star free agent quarterbacks? You got lucky with Peyton Manning. You may get lucky with Russell Wilson. Right. But they got outside like, of outside of that, what what are the chances that you keep hitting off like that? You got to make your your quarterback system more friendly, more development minded for the people that you're drafting. Your six rounders that you're turning into like you know uh, backup quarterbacks and things like that. You know you got to you, you have to do better, right? Well, Peyton Manning was only really good for one season, right? Or was it two seasons maybe? But then at the end, his last two, year, yeah, two. He, he had two good seasons. He had one winning season, one loot of one loss, right? And then he had the, uh, you know, his his last ring was with uh, uh, when he was throwing like you know like twenty yards, you know. Yeah. That defense carried him. Yeah, the defense carried him in that season. It was the uh, 2015 season. That's and when Brock Osweiler had like five or six starts that year. I was just not. Yeah. And you could see it coming in 2014 because when he first got to Denver, he put up mad numbers. He threw for almost 5,500 yards, 55 touchdowns. Just right, finished. he broke records. He broke records his first year in Denver. Then his second year there, he he still did pretty good. He the Denver went 12 and four. He threw for 4,700 yards, 39 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. But then he fell off a cliff. Team. He had nine starts, and he threw. For 2,249 yards, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Right. So, but he not, won that year. He won the Super Bowl that you year. You know, he, the, the thing is, his, his his defense carried him and won him, you know, his his ring, his last ring before he, he was just like, listen, I can't throw past 15 yards, guys. Just get yeah. me through the season and we're, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah, because in that last here, – here are some stats from that playoff run. He went 3-0 and in 2015 as the starter, and they won the Super Bowl. But in those three games, he threw for a total of 539 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and an average passing attempt of 5.9 yards. So if you change the, the, the passing yards and you change the – overall touchdowns, I would say like that's those are like Lamar Jackson numbers with like rushing touchdowns, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <But laughs> two touchdowns in three games, he threw two touchdown passes. Yeah, so look, Lamar Jackson can throw two touchdowns in yeah. those games, but like he'll run for like three more, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was just, yeah, that was uh, Peyton Manning went downhill quick, and then they had Brock Osweiler try to turn him into something. They tried to turn Paxton Lynch into something. Drew Locke now. And, and they fail. And they fail. Denver- they brought in Teddy Bridgewater as an experiment. Like, I, I, like I'm yeah. telling you, Denver really needs to evaluate their quarterback scenario. Like, they were – see the problem? I, you, know, I, you know what I think? Um, the, the, there, there are teams that have the benefit of having an elite quarterback for, like, 15 years. You know, yeah. you have your Aaron Rodgers, your Green Bay Packers, you have your pa- Patriots with Tom Brady – Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers. Um, you know, you have Philip Rivers with the Chargers. You have, like, multiple years, same quarterback. But, see, what ends up happening is that the, the people that play backup for them usually don't end up becoming anywhere. Like, you have such a good starting quarterback that you don't focus on making sure that if anything happens to him, that I don't think that mentality started until recently. Yeah, but the no. thing is, with Denver, Denver hasn't had I, uh, aside from the cup, the two seasons of Peyton Manning. Denver hasn't had an elite quarterback since John Elway. They drafted and developed. They had Brian Greasy for a while, and Jake Plummer, and they had Jake. Even Jake Cutler wasn't that great in Denver. He was okay in Denver, and they had Tim Tebow. Uh, but Denver hasn't had a guy where they're like where that they've had start at quarterback for fifteen for fifteen years or or more since John Elway. And I'll tell you, 
there, there's another franchise that struggled since their franchise quarterback left, and that's Dan Marino and the Dolphins. The Dolphins also haven't been able to find a quarterback that yep. they're... No, they, they have not been – they have had zero luck in finding their franchise quarterback for 10-plus years, you know? Meanwhile, the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals may not have had a great history in the 90s. Oh, no, Joe Burrow's playing in Cincinnati for the next 15 years, I think. Yeah, no. but even before Burrow, there was Andy Dalton, who, who was solid yeah. For, yeah. Eight, for eight years. There yep. was Carson Palmer, you know, and, and so in the 2000s, the Bengals have had pretty good luck drafting, drafting and developing quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, I, I just the Dolphins and even the Bills, the Bills after Jim Kelly retired couldn't find a quarterback. Uh, for the Trash. They literally, they hit a diamond in the rough with Josh Allen. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they developed him, and they developed him properly. Uh, which brings me to the next point. Washington also made a desperation move, in my opinion, in trading for Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz ain't the dude, man. He's not the guy. And I don't know what... Washington's thinking, dude. Frank Frank Reich apologized <laughs> to Colts management and, and organization and the owner for vouching for Wentz for the season, and that that that's like the epitome of a slap in the face for a quarterback. Like the guy that brought you here is saying, "Sorry, guys, we got the wrong guy," yeah. and here you have Ron Rivera saying, "You know what?" Screw it. Give him a you know two foot two second rounders and a third rounder or some shit like that. So Carson Wentz, this is ridiculous, man. He thinks he can leverage the fact that he played in the NFC East for so long, where that he'll add the edge with a good defense and a good run game and decent receivers. Um, he he thinks that he can you know make do with like a band aid operation. That's what Indianapolis thought when they brought Wentz over. You idiot, Ron Rivera. Frank Reich thought the exact same fucking thing when he brought Wentz from Philly to Indy. You, yeah. What you're doing is what he he thought, and it's going to be the same thing. Wentz is going to fucking suck. Hey, let me let me get all right. Let me give you a little statistical comparison here. Quarterback A last season had a 65% completion percentage, threw for 3,419 yards and 20 touchdowns while also throwing 15 interceptions. He was sacked 38 times. But this 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 quarterback also rushed the ball 60 times for 313 yards and a touchdown and had an average yards per attempt of 6.3 yards. Quarterback B completed 62.4% of his passes for 3,563 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, was sacked 32 times. Have an, had an average uh, yards per attempt of 7.3 yards and ran for 215 yards. Do you know who quarterback A and quarterback B is? I can guess who B is. Who, who's B? Is that Taylor Heineke? Heineke? No, quarterback A is Taylor Heineke. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I got it. Quarterback B is Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah, I meant to say that. Sorry. Apologies. Okay, yeah. Taylor Heineke was seven and eight last year. Carson Wentz was nine and eight. Carson Wentz is, I don't think, good enough to get Washington. Maybe Washington wins nine games. Maybe they win ten. I'm not. They're sure. such a weak division that they, they can so skate much. by with so low number of wins, right? Indianapolis was in a weaker – I think the Indianapolis was in a weaker division because they got to play Houston and Jacksonville for Yeah, yeah, so, given, 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 given that, given that. But I'm just saying from a record perspective, right, Washington yeah. still has to see bum-ass Giants. They have yeah. to see wonky-ass Philly, right? Yeah. They got to see trash teams but, multiple times but, a year. But Dallas and Philly both made the playoffs. So fine, fine. Philly, Philly, Philly got in. Philly, whatever. Philly got in. Dallas is really the only contention, in my opinion, in that division. So yeah. Washington has to see Dallas, and that makes sense. And they think that Carson Wentz can be the game manager, that like like an Alex Smith or something like that. They, they're he's in for a rude awakening. 
Yes, Someone's going to give Ryan Fitzpatrick a call and say, hey, listen, Pal Hank, you broke his, his leg week eight. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz is being a dick as usual. Um, please, you're 38 years old, but you can still sling it. Come on down. I mean, Antonio Gibson is not Jonathan Taylor. By no means. No way. Not even like a baby version of him, bro. Jonathan Taylor is a beast. Jonathan Taylor no. is a beast. And he helped carry Carson Wentz in that offensive line. Washington's offensive line is not as good as Indianapolis is. They can zone in. Every defense can zone in on all of Carson Wentz's mistakes that he's made in his career, and he keeps making them. The yeah. difference was in, in Indy is that he had such a good run game and a third-down passing game with Naeem Hines, and decent receivers with Pittman and everybody else. He had good receivers. He had a good, you know, tight end, um, you know, scenario as well. But what I'm saying is that, like, he had all the outs, you know. You couldn't really, really, like, like, and teams were still able, like, teams like Jacksonville were able to beat Indianapolis and and zone in on his mistakes. Why? Because he's so terrible. But um, what I'm saying is that, like, you can't mask that on that Washington squad. No. On Indy, you can. You can't mask it on Washington, dude. You know, the only thing you have going for Washington, like when you go to Washington, is their defense is stout. It stout, is, stout, stout. You know, the defense was not. Yeah, important. but they lost. They, they lost. They lost uh, Chase Young. Um, you know, so Chase Young had uh, towards ACL, right? Yeah. So I mean they were missing the chunks of their of their defense which they're going to get back next year but like they're they're in starting four is solid you know yeah Payne they're all good they're all good on the front line they're good they're they're I would say a middle of a pack defense right um yeah. and that's where Indy was at with Darius Leonard and you know their 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 crew but Indy played a lot weaker of a division I think you know Dallas was a lot better Philly was a lot better what are the teams that really came out of that 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 South division that the Indies in? You know. Yeah. Well, Washington. I mean, it's going to be interesting because a lot of people had pegged Washington to take a quarterback at number eleven. Honestly, getting Carson Wentz doesn't make. Hey, me... who's that guy from like Liberty University Malik... or something like that? What's his name? Malik Willis. Yeah, you think they're going to take a shot at him? No, I don't know. I feel like Malik Willis is going to fall a little bit. I feel like if the quarterback's going early, it's going to be Pickett. If uh, team, I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. And there's been talk about Washington taking Kenny Pickett at 11. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and to me, Carson Wentz is not – it's not like, hey, I just traded for – Aaron Rodgers, so I'm not going to bother taking a quarterback this year. Carson Wentz isn't the guy that I could comfortably say, yeah, they, they can run my team for four years. He's I, a I, rental, man. What's that? Everyone should see Carson Wentz as a rental moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't think he's – I mean, he's, he's, how is he not the same as uh, fucking Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, 100%. There's no difference between him, Teddy Bridgewater, I would say very soon to be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to join that list soon, soon enough. He had a great time in Minnesota with a good defense and a good run game and great receivers. Ah, that time is over when he goes to a bum squad, you know. Yeah. You'll see the real Kirk Cousins when you show up, you know. But, like, play, quarterbacks like that end up becoming your rentals, your one-year rental, your two-year rental, a prove-it deal, shit like that, you know. You, yeah. you At one point, this guy was an MVP favorite before he tore his ACL. You know, five years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He was. Uh, yeah. He was. Uh, he was definitely in that conversation, and he looked like he was going to be all world, and he just he never recovered, man. Never recovered. Never. Never recovered from that ACL. Never recovered from all those back surgeries. Um, never recovered. Like an injured quarterback like that, it 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 it, it plays on you. And you know what? That's why I'll say you. I'll tell you that like. For Carson Palmer, that's why I have a little bit of respect for him because he took hits in his time, right? He had his ACLs, right? Um, he was able to still do well towards the end of his career, you know? Gr- you know, Granted, he was paired up with a great coach, yeah. but he was able to do well to end out his career in some fashion, right? You know, in, in one way or the other, he was able to, 
to do well for himself. But, like, a guy that gets beat up that much that early in his career, unless your genetics and your, I don't know, your work ethic and all that other, unless all that, those other things play well for you, it's tough to come back. Tony Romo surgeries, right? Um, Joe Burrow, who tore his ACL the most right. time. Right, correct. He tore his ACL his rookie year, had a bad knee injury. And then was sacked seventy times this year, and he still took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. I mean, you have to you have to look at also his age, right? So yeah. his, his his age is a lot of, is, is a little different, right? Um, and and Carson Wentz, uh, dude, <laughs> look at his rookie and his sophomore year in the NFL. He took hits, bro. Yeah. The guy got mobbed before they grabbed Kelsey and started sportifying that O line. Um, uh, you know, uh, but. You know, overall, as, as a as a quarterback, I think that if you if you don't have it in you, like you know, like Burrow, like some of these other guys that come off of like fucking Aaron Rodgers, bro, broke his collarbone twice. Yeah, he's playing the way that he plays. You know, some of these guys are just built differently, right? So I think Carson Wentz is not cut from that cloth, right? I, I was gonna ask about uh, running backs and second contracts, but we got to get moving on to our next segment. So we've already hit uh, 27 or we're already, we got 27 minutes left in our show. So I wanted to touch on a couple different things. Um, The March Madness is up, man. Uh, This used to be my favorite time of the year. We kind of talked about this, how I'm not as excited, but I, I sat here in the office today during work and I had the games going on. And I was watching – I watched UC play. I watched a few of the other games. And, man, these conference tournaments uh, are exciting. And we got a couple bubble teams playing their way, way in. Like, uh, Indiana now is in the Big Ten semifinals after upsetting Illinois. Right. So, the, I was going to ask you, there's a lot – there's a couple of teams that are now coming up in college basketball where you never would have expected it when you ran the season in the beginning, right? Well, right, yeah. Indiana was coming off struggling last year. Uh, they were even they were eighteen and twelve going into the Big Ten tournament. They've won now two games. Uh, they're about to be in the semifinals, and I think Indiana's played their way into the tournament. And then you get a huge upset uh, in the SEC tur- tournament quarterfinal, where Auburn, who was the number one seed in the SEC tournament and number four team overall in the country, gets upset by Texas A and M. So. Uh, March Madness is truly starting to uh, show up. Uh, Providence, Providence got worse. man. Some of these, I love the underdogs. You know what I love about March Madness? I love the fact that everybody's got a shot. Literally, um, yeah. almost everybody has a shot. You know, yeah. and it's crazy to think that way. I don't know if you saw that buzzer beater. I think it was Chattanooga. I did. I did. I saw it. It was crazy. It's nuts. Great. Crazy. So I'm looking forward to the start of the tournament next week. Uh, Selection Sunday will be this Sunday when all the other conference tournaments wrap up. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see where people land. But uh, I am definitely looking forward to next week. We'll have a couple shows dedicated. Uh, We'll talk a lot about the tournament, especially after Sunday when we get the brackets out. I think we'll. uh, We should do like top five or top ten like tournament upset in history. We'll fill out a we'll fill out a bracket on our okay show. okay cool yeah. um so that's uh, that's definitely something I'm excited for um so there's been a lot of WWE news and rumors a lot lot Stone Cold what why don't you kick us off Sam on that front no 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 I mean listen I'm telling you that I think that this is a uh, this is WWE's move to try to bring back. Uh, a, a certain percentage of viewers, I would say, and I, I fall in that category. You know, I grew up in the Attitude Era. I grew up watching wrestling uh, with The Rock, the Young Rock. You know, Young Austin, Young all those. But I, I thought so. Like for me, it's very nostalgic. So, it, so WWE's tapping in to an era of people that it's defined by like a single person. Like you can't tell me that that Stone Cold Steve Austin is not, like, almost your pinnacle of the Attitude Era. If he's not, he's in the top three, yeah. in my opinion. Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin define Yeah, him. yeah, Shawn Michaels for sure. And I would even say, like, The Rock, you know, yeah. for a bit. Yeah. But Stone Cold, he, I think he, 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 you know, makes 
personality of the Attitude Era. The beers, yeah. the you know, the, the the smashing of the beers, the splashing of everywhere, the the going nuts, the you know, the stunners randomly, you know, that was what I remember from from Attitude Era, you know, nine, you know, uh, basically, you know, that that era of, of wrestling, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So, so, so tell me now, like as far as signings go. Where are we sitting at with WWE and AEW? Who left AEW? Who's going to WWE? Who re-signed or whatever the hell else, right? You know, Jeff Hardy made his debut in AEW on Wednesday. Uh, They're going to reunite the Hardy boys. But uh, to talk on that Stone Cold piece real quick, Stone Cold not wrestling at WrestleMania, unfortunately. Right. Um he's basically going to do an interview on the Kevin Owens show at WrestleMania. Then they're going to have an altercation, but that's it. There's not going to be an actual match with stone cold coming out, which is, which is. It's a buildup. I get it. They're trying to do old school buildup almost in a way, right? They don't want to expose their jewels up front. They want to. No, it's been, it's been confirmed. Steve stone, stone cold, not wrestling at WrestleMania. No, 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 I know that. I know that. But what I'm saying is that the buildup is for him to do something at some point. No, he's not going to. Never? He's never going to wrestle, period? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I, I didn't know that. I thought that they were saying that he's not wrestling for this, he's not wrestling for that. But there may be a scenario where he comes back in. No. He said he's done. He's 57. Oh, that sucks. You know what? That That kind of changes my view now. You know, all of a sudden, Vince, is pulling pulling my dick for no reason. Like all of a sudden, I feel like he's trying to b- bring me in with Steve, but he's trying to tell me that, hey, just watch the rest of the garbage just, that we've been spewing at you for the last six months. Like why is why is Pat McAfee having a match at WrestleMania? So I think that that's the other part of of WWE that that I think um, I started just recently kind of getting aligned to. WWE is huge on podcasts, right? They have yeah. ex-wrestlers, they have, uh, you know, not, not just them, they have their own personal podcast, right? Ex-wrestlers, uh, people now that are in the entertainment industry, whatever. Everyone that you c- can possibly think of has their own fucking podcast or some sort, right? Yeah. Pat McAfee is a god in the podcast world. He's like your Joe Rogan of kind of sports now, you know? he's high, He has a following that is massive, you know, um... He 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 does very well for himself because of some of the outrageous things that he you know says on his show and the people that he brings in on his show. It's he does a good job. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. He's a kicker. He's a kicker. Yeah. Sorry, punter. I'm sorry. I take that back. He's a punter. He's a punter. And you know what? He's really leveraged his 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 you know standing and his and his position, and he's done well. I guess that WWE is trying to leverage that. They they know that that McAfee's podcasts have WWE material on it, right? And they know that they can leverage the podcast views in and translate that into something monetarily for the WWE. It, it, to me, it's not an exciting card. It's a gimmick, man. It's a gimmick. I think the McAfee you know bout is is totally gimmick. You know, it's the whole the card, even what we're seeing now, the one match that doesn't treat me that I'm now hearing from, at first we thought his return was dead, and it was looking not very good, but now it's sounding like Cody Rhodes is going to make a return to WWE, and that he is expected to battle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. So that is pretty huge, dude. That's absolutely massive. So you have, obviously, you have WWE royalty, right, with Cody Rhodes, right? Um, you have, you know, uh, family history, all that shit, right? But you have, then you have Seth Rollins, who's a little bit of the face. He's part of the face of the WWE now. Him, Roman Reigns, you know, a bunch of other people. But, like, he's kind of sort of your A-listers, right, if if I'm not mistaken? You know, Seth Rollins is definitely an A-lister, you know. And to be able to give Cody Rhodes an A-lister – coming off of AEW is a big deal. But, and, if so, that bec- and if that becomes the case and somehow it works out for Cody's favor, I see a lot of other AEW A-listers moving 
to WWE possibly. They could down the line. But here's what concerns me about the WrestleMania card. I'm, I'm looking at some of the confirmed matches and we'll have more coming because there's two nights of WrestleMania. There are three celebrity matches. Why is WWE still doing that? It you was cool that. with Mayweather. It was cool with Tyson. It was cool with a couple other people. But, like, why are they doing that anymore? Why? So listen to this. You have the Mysterios versus the Miz and Logan Paul. Why? 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 Why are you paying Logan Paul, Vince? Why? Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. (laughs) Okay, fine. You know what? I love Johnny Knoxville, so I'll say that jackass deserves it. You know, he's taken enough beatings in his lifetime. But then you have Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. That's disgusting. I don't even want to see that. I don't want to look at that. But what I'm saying is that the only matchup I want to see is the Knoxville matchup. Because that guy has been beat up so many times in his life, he'll take a couple more beatings in the ring. It'll be exciting, you know, I think. I guess so, but I'll tell you what, AEW Revolution just showed WWE how you put on a fucking pay-per-view, but I want to go to something real quick. Some I didn't get to see it. I saw it up on Plex. I started it for yeah. a quick second, and then I had to, you know, do a couple other things. So I want to go to some breaking news here. Um, Biggie Langston uh, was just taken out on a stretcher uh, at SmackDown. Oh, uh, no. He was he was wrestling Sheamus and Ridge Holland. It was the New Day wrestling Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Uh, at one point during the match, Big E was out on the outside of the ring with Holland, and Holland hit him with a belly to belly suplex on that. And on the outside of the ring, Big E landed directly on his head. Uh, immediately after it happened, he was laying motionless, and the camera quickly cut away. And the match finished shortly, and then medical personnel came to ringside uh, to take Biggie Langston out on the stretcher. And and that's your rising fame, right? That's your that's your your upcoming talent. That's your cream of the crop, you know. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough beat, you so, know. But you know what? I can't. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna minimize it. The wrestlers in their days, you know what they went through on their own. The, you know, all, all the greatest of the greats, you know, have taken their beatings in practice of the same nature, you know. Um, and and they just gone on to do what they had to do. But I hope he recovers and hope everything's good for him. He's yeah. rising talent. He deserves to continue to have a spot. But... I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame to, to talent, you know, in this in the industry, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, so I, as I was talking about, we had AEW Revolution, and I know you haven't had a chance to watch it. You have to watch it. You have got to watch. I mean, the storytelling, uh, the the matches. And so let me ask you a question before you continue. Are you going to, by any chance, match up the next WWE pay per view to this? I mean, I the next. I think I don't know what the next is. The next WWE pay per view WrestleMania. Uh, I don't think they have one here in March. I don't think they have. Yeah, the next one is is WrestleMania. So the the only one I'll be able to compare uh, this revolution to is WrestleMania. I don't know what AEW's. I think A, I, I forget what AEW's next pay per view is, but I oh double or nothing will be the next pay per view and it'll be in um, Memorial Day weekend, May 29th. So they're not trying to they're not trying to go up against. Uh, I guess WrestleMania in April. They're not going to put a pay per view on in April, but they're going to wait until until May and, and put a pay per view on then. But, uh, dude, uh, the whole card you had you had a dog collar match with CM Punk and MJF, and MJF is one of the best business right now. He's everything he does is highly entertaining. You had the face of the revolution ladder match. 
and Wardlow won that. And Wardlow's uh, he he beat guys like Powerhouse Hobbs, Orange Cassidy, Christian Cage, Keith Lee to win the Face of the Revolution ladder match for a shot at the TNT Championship, which is the equivalent of like the Intercontinental United States Championship. Okay, you had Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. You had this three-way tag team match, the AEW World Tag Team Championship, which is probably, in my opinion, Sam, and you have to tell me when you watch the pay-per-view, was the best match of the entire night. You had Jurassic Express defeating Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, and that was the best match of the night. Right. That, that's, that's action-filled, right? It was action-filled, and then you had a brutal match between John Moxley and Brian Danielson. And, and then, to top it off, you had for the title, Hangman Adam Page uh, and Adam Cole in the main event, which was another fantastic match. And But if you want to talk about great storytelling, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho was great storytelling. CM Punk and MJF was great to- storytelling. The, the arc of Wardlow from being the basically the hired hitman for MJF to now turning on MJF and seeing that coming for months and how that's been written, fantastic. It's all fantastic. And now they got a guy like a real, William Regal, who's in AEW now, uh, to help book shit and, and develop young talent. And, and, and he's bringing old school mentality to them, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's hands down a better product right now. It is. I watch I watch AEW Dynamite and I. So watch, listen, before you continue, I want I want to point one thing out real quick. I played the new WWE 2K game. Okay, is that any good? It's absolutely phenomenal. Okay, I want to try that. You want to try? So that? AEW, their next bit is to come out with something. Like a wrestling game. Yes, dude. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That would be that would be awesome. That would be that would be the next thing. If we'll see if we did because we had it when in the height of the Monday Night Wars when WWE and WCW we had we had Raw Nitro. They had WCW Nitro. They had they had NWO versus. Yeah, bro. Yeah, they, it was great. I it was great. And you know what the video games what they did was they brought in the younger crowd that didn't probably watch them live in wrestling, but they were able to play those characters on a video game. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's, uh, watch the pay-per-view when you get a chance. So, uh, last thing, man, uh, before we get to segment three, we're running out of time, though. We got about ten minutes left. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Colby Covington, uh, you, the Masvidal UFC fight. I did. I did. So up on flex. Um, should, let me ask you, man, is it time for Masvidal to call it a, a career? Nope. Nope, absolutely not. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. He can play that gatekeeper role and stay at number four, number five, number six, you know, in his division and yeah. make a push the way Damian Maya did, the way um, Lover Teixeira did. Um, some of these guys that hung around for a while, right, and then ended up becoming gatekeepers, knew that they were better than the incoming talent. So yeah. I think Masvidal still has enough juice in him to not to make a push for the belt, but to make a push to maybe move into the top five. You know, he just he hasn't looked very good since 2019 when he when he beat when he won on the flurry, right? He beat when Askren. They, he went out of flurry that yeah, year. Yeah, he killed Ben Askren, Nate Diaz. But since that time, he's lost to Kamari Usman twice and now Colby Covington. And he's 3-5 and five in his last eight fights. And the, those three wins all came in 2019. But before that, he had lost to Damian Maya and Stephen Thompson. And he didn't fight in 2018 at all, but he had three fights in 2017 when he, he beat Donald Cerrone. And I, I just – he's 37 years old right now. And MMA is not one of those sports where 
people age great. Right. You don't age, yeah. You don't age gracefully in that sport. You get beat the hell up. Your chin gets knocked up. By the time you hit your 37, 39, your chin is done. You've taken I mean, too many Anderson hits. Silva. Anderson Silva is probably the most dominant champion. Most dominant. He was the most dominant champion in the history of UFC, probably. And he, he, okay, so Anderson Silva is currently 46 years old. 2012 was 10 years ago. So at that time, he was 36. And that was, in 2012, was his last successful defense. Then in 2013, he lost to Chris Weedman. And it set off a... Uh, a Even uh, that loss was like a little flukish, you know? Yeah. A so, like, you know what? He didn't prep well yeah. for that camp. But let's let's say, for saying sake, right, still at 36, he defended his title. Yeah, but then at 37 when he is when he started losing. Weed right. Bisbing, Daniel Cormier, Israel Adesanya, uh, Uriah Hall. Uh, he had, you know, his last fight in the U.S. Yeah, he was washed up after that. Yeah, he was washed. Once he lost to Weedman, he only won one fight in his next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Once he lost to Weedman, he won one fight in his last nine fights, and this was a man that didn't lose from 2006 to 2012. Right. So, like, you see, like, the Woodleys, Anderson Silva, you see these guys at the tail end of their career completely get washed, right? Yeah. I feel that's where Masvidal... But see, Masvidal, Masvidal has never hit the, 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 the peaks that, that uh, you know, Silva's hit. He's never hit those, you know, uh, championship, you know, defenses. So I think Masvidal can still be relevant, but as a gatekeeper role, you know, like kind of watching new talent coming into the division. And, yo, I'm telling you, you could still... I'm not saying that he's a top-tier talent, but, you know, the guy... Uh, grew up street fighting. He could still catch catch a young kid at the wrong time at the wrong place, and this up and coming guy that's on a nine foot nine fight win streak, all of a sudden gets slept on by by Masvidal. You know, when he's thirty eight years old, it's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that that Masvidal is going to have to take more of a backup type of role now. You're not going to look. You can't look for a title fight for. A, for a long time unless you put it together like a five fight win streak against top tier talent. You know, you gotta yeah. be, you gotta be five people in the top 10, top seven to get another, you know, you know, chance at anything. Well, all right. So real quick, we got about five minutes to go. Um, Major league baseball is back. Uh, oh, there's 62 games, man. It's about time, right? Today, I had a fantasy baseball draft. Um, uh, last year, was a sore subject because I had the best record in the league. I, the second-place team finished 23 games behind me, okay? And I lost in the championship. So, That's bad. A bit of a sore subject because I ran away with the league. Um, so, I had the 10th pick this year in the draft. And uh, we and I uh, I took uh, Ronald Acuna uh, with my first pick with number at number ten. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about this team uh, that I drafted. Um, they got strong pitching, got good power everywhere. Uh, so we'll see we'll see what happens, man, in fantasy baseball this year. But I'm excited that baseball's back. We're gonna get a full season. We're going to start seeing a bunch of dominoes fall because there was a lot of free agents still that were on the market. We should try to get a game either in Cincinnati or Detroit. Oh, oh, we will. Definitely. The next time you come into town in the summertime, we'll get tickets and we'll take the kids to the game. Um, Let's see. Uh, Yeah, so there hasn't been any free agency movement since. I mean, I think it's still relatively fresh, right, that the lockout is over. I think that people are still going to start, you know, they're going to, they're going to push the pot. They're going to, you know, cook the the ingredients a little bit longer. The people that want those big, big contracts are going to try to still shoot for them. So um, what I was going to say is, yeah, there hasn't really been anything since December 1st. 
Um, but then there's a couple moves done recently um, with Carlos Rodon signing with the Giants and first all signing a one-year deal to come back with the Giants or with the Dodgers, I mean, sorry. Uh, so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting uh, to see what else happens, but I am excited. I don't I don't know when the season starts, though. Did they announce uh, the schedule, like, for when? I think it's going to start in April. Right. I think they kind of condensed a bunch of their, like, OTAs or whatever. I, I have to really take a look at, like, how they kind of took away those 20-some-odd games, I want to say. I think oh, they're saying it's 162 games, right? It's going to be the same. Right. Yeah, so, you know, um, I don't know how much time they, they skimmed from where, but I believe it's going to start sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I think it's going to start in April. Um, um, so they're going to have to do, like, some kind of spring training, get guys warmed up. Um, it looks like Oh, uh, starting on April 7th. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Normally, the season was supposed to start on March 24th. Oh, that's not too bad. Was uh, You know, it takes a lot of time for these baseball players to get conditioned for that many games. So, I think losing a little bit of time for baseball players is a big deal. Because they play at such a high volume of games that they need to, especially, I mean, pitchers that you could say, hey, listen, you take a, you know, takes a couple starts off, you relax. You know, yeah. you go to practice, you, you know, do whatever. But you, you, your starting shortstop is playing every game, right, most, most often than not, right? So he needs to be available for all those games that are being played. So uh, I do want to talk about real quick some uh, some – uh, some new rule changes for this year, if you weren't aware. And by the way, uh, Sam, the Field of Dreams game uh, is going to feature the Cubs and the Reds this year. So I don't know. If oh, I'm awesome! Gonna... Very cool. Very cool. I'm going to make a trip out to Iowa for the game. I don't Very know. cool. We should do it, dude. Me and you. We should we'll take a little road trip. I think we should. Uh, so let's look into tickets later on. We got to get approval from the wives, but hopefully that's uh... yeah. It's going to be a guys only trip, though. Yes. <laughs> All right, so here's the new rules. We got about few seconds left. Um, so the designated designated hitters becoming now full time in both leagues. Uh, the NL and AL will have designated hitters. I don't know how I feel about that. Playoff system has now been changed. Twelve teams will qualify for the postseason. So do you like that? What's that? The twelve team. Well, we have. What what do we have? We had. We had four teams, and then we had the wild card that determined yeah. in the yeah. final who would be in the actual four playoff series, right? So I don't know. Right. I don't know if I like twelve teams. Um, I don't it's the equivalent of like a play-in tournament that the NBA put in. Kind of, because you have division winners seeded one through three, three division winners, and then three wild cards seeded four through six, and the top two seeds go into the second round um, automatically. Uh, and then there is no reseeding of the bracket. Uh, so it doesn't matter, you know, who – if the if an underdog comes up, they're not going to reseed the bracket or however – I don't know if I like that either, but whatever. So, uh, so you could have – you have a shot of, of an underdog taking out a major player. Yeah, you do. You have a shot at a, at a major at a underdog coming out and taking a top seed. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, happy Friday, guys! That's all the time we got left. It's been a great show. Um, we'll look forward to to being with you Monday. Uh, we're gonna try to be with you Monday. Um, you know, depending on schedules and stuff. But I'd like to be uh, do a show Monday, especially after Selection Sunday coming up. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Call him heat. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.